I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chaffin. Good to see you, though, man. You it's, as well. Uh, so funny. Um, I thought of you this weekend. Um, I was in my comedy dungeon and uh, <laughs> nude with chaps. And I often think of, of you. And uh, I was, actually, I was in um, Florence, Indiana, right? And uh, I was doing a um, World Series of Comedy, right? Oh, how exciting. Yeah, well, you know, you're, you're going to relate to me on all this stuff. And uh, originally it was at Vegas, and which would, that's when I submitted for it. I thought, assumed it was Las Vegas, the World Series of Comedy. And so... I um, I sent a clip <laughs> and everything, and I'm like, wait, what's yeah. name? Where was it? <laughs> well, let me tell you, Florence, yeah. Indiana. Florence, Indiana. Quite a jump. Like they couldn't even go to Atlantic City, <laughs> and like you know, or maybe even you know, They've Pennsylvania, right? You know, at a Poconos or something, you know. But uh, so anyway, so I get this thing, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, it says, yeah, you're you're part of the 101 comics, part of this World Series of Comedy thing, and so uh, you know, I go out to. Florence, Indiana. It's in the middle of nowhere. Like literally, like I tried to get a uh, Uber back to the airport, and like they were like just it just kept blinking. Like it, it couldn't even find an Uber. That's how far away it was. And then how? Let me tell you how fucked up the people were. Uh, Twenty miles away, there's a guy that built an actual Noah's Ark. So that's that's what we're dealing with here. <laughs> so that's the crowd, and it's in Florence, Indiana, and it's not Vegas. And then it's like you know, and you out of all people. No, I didn't mean to jump right into this, but I have to. And so, uh, you know, the the whole fucking comedy contest mentality. I mean, you've done it on the largest scale you could do it. And I feel like, and it was just like, it's so crazy, that energy of like, you know, trying to, you know, pretend like you're not fucking out of your mind that you're doing this stupid contest i feel like i'm the best comic in the room but i can't get cocky i gotta be a team player and then it's just like you know in this mentality of like having to like compete like because i feel comedy there's only two ways to get ahead in comedy it's either nepotism mm -hmm. you know or contest you know so i feel like this, wow there's, i mean pretty much you see a very narrow path but it really is simplified like that. You either know somebody you get in a JFL, or your manager does, right, or something. Yes. But it, oh, the air's coming, and um, or you like find some way of getting exposure. I'm not allowed in Canada, That's so I won't be at JFL, <laughs> and I'm not related to anybody. Yeah. So by your there's no hope yeah. for me. Oh no, no domestic none. contest, right? But you're the. I'm not going to Florence, Indiana. <laughs> no, I'm making you go with me next year. We're going to go, and we're going to have a blast. We're going to stay at the Fairway Inn, which is the really cheap roach motel across the street. Because I couldn't, I couldn't put money into the casino. Because I was like, what if I lose and then have to be there in this expensive casino all weekend? Just fucking, with, you know. So anyway, so I stayed across the street, where it took me an hour to kill a fly the first night there. But anyway, so I'm in this mentality of, like, the contest thing. And it's like, and, I, and the first night, I'm exhausted, right? And I get up on stage. And I sit on the stool, and I just just have a set, and I it I murder it, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, 
God, you're so relaxed and dying. And I was pretty much to be like, yeah, I just got no sleep. But I had this great set, and everybody was just like, oh my God, you're the best. And so I got moved to the next round or whatever. And I had to wait there till Saturday for the final round. And so this whole thing and everything was great, but the whole time, and it's just like, it was so weird because comics were like talking shit a little bit. They were like, yo, man, you on that show? I'm going to take you down and like stuff like that. I was like, who are you? You don't play New York. You don't exist. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. So this like, this like competitiveness of trying to like, you know, compete against each other, which I think making comedy a contest in general pretty much is a bad idea. I feel Last Comic Standing, which I'm going to get to, is, was the best and worst thing that ever happened to comedy. It was great because guys like you who are funny and always been crushing got exposure to a national audience, which you might not have if you were playing Times Square Art Center, you know, but you but you got but you get this NBC audience and so it's great. But the thing is my thing's not even that. It's a shitty fucking casino in fucking Florence, Indiana by the Noah's Ark guy. So I'm not even getting this kind of exposure. Wouldn't but, it have been weird yeah. if it was an awesome fucking casino? <laughs> Well, in Florence, Indiana, like you got there and you're like, how do they keep this secret? Well, they, it's, Florence, well, it's on a boat. It's on a boat. It's and then awesome. they, they connected. They built a casino and connected it to the boat. And then so they're able to legally do the thing. You know, right. so the casino is like a big hotel. And then it's like there's like a tunnel, a tunnel that goes to the river. Boat. Yes, I understand. <laughs> you know, you know this deal. And then they got the ark. So you got the right. center boat and then you got the God's ark. Right. Yeah. So there's two boats happening. Right. And uh, so anyway, I lost in the final round. I came in fourth out of 101, which, you know, I'll, I'll be, awesome. I'm okay with that. But um, so I remember watching you a little bit on Last Comic Standing and one, and I, I saw beautiful moments in like this kind of fighting for, you know, the comics kind of morale in the sense of like, you know, they had a round where you, you know, they were heckling people and like that was the greatest moment in stand-up comedy. You, you have no idea. These, these are green room moments that you probably don't uh, realize people still talk about. But you, they, <laughs> they, they, you know, they basically, if you don't know, guys, the, the last comic, let me bring them in. First of all, uh, we've, we did uh, opportunity to show Showtime White Boys in the Hood, <laughs> which is, you know, I say that and people are like, what, what a gay name for a show. I was like, no, it's a real show. And it was a lot of good comics and it was a lot of fun. But, uh, and uh, he's Law and Order. He's been on there. He's sent some crazy lines on that show. And uh, he's, <laughs> Been on all kinds of stuff, and uh, last comic standing. Uh, a lot of people know him for that. And uh, Joey Gay in the building, oh, everybody. Hooray! Thank I do. A, I do a weird me. intro, but that's how it works here. No, not at yeah. all. That was really nice. <laughs> thank you for having. Yeah, me. Yeah, I love having you. I've known you a long time. I feel like we have such a, a weird, crazy history with we friends do. and people, and it's uh, yeah. It's we definitely... have seen a lot of crazy. Oh shit yeah. together you yeah. and I. Gladiators, you know. That's, that's what I say. We, you know, like you're the guy. You know, with the shield. You know, it's funny. You, it's you're talking about uh, contests and everything, right? And uh, I do think it's always bad, right, to yeah, make sure. comedians get into a contest. Uh, and I, but I don't. I didn't feel like uh, Last Comic Standing was a contest. It was a show, right? Yeah. And um, people do as well as they can. That's sure. that's all there is to it. But when I have done actual comedy contests yeah. where it's like happening. All in one night in one room. Yeah, uh, it's always nuts. Yeah, completely crazy. And usually the winner is not a great comic. It's the person who is yeah. the biggest lunatic 
who also does a little stand-up comedy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I feel it's a contest in the sense of like AGT or you sure. know that kind of stuff or you know uh, right. American Idol. Like it's a show for sure. I'm not wasn't taking diminishing as a show. I was just saying it's a large platform for pitting people against each other. Yes, yes, of course. You're yeah. you're 100 percent right. Yeah. I'm just saying. I think that once it gets to that level, yeah. Really, when there's a a, a comedy contest, and w- like I say, when it happens in one night in one room, yeah. That says something. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Well, this, well mine was uh, no yeah, NBC, but it was three nights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, three nights, 101 people, thank God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could have been on the show where they decided <laughs> they're going to start at 11 a.m. Yeah, 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 and just run it all the way through. Yeah, yeah. that's... Uh, Which has happened somewhere, right? Uh, The one thing you can count on with stand-up comedy is uh, there is some fucking shoe. Can I curse? Sorry. Yes. Oh, okay. There is some fucking shoemaker somewhere who knows nothing about stand-up comedy who is setting up a giant event right now. Oh, absolutely. And um, uh, Anthony, you have something going on. I was kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been making shoes all (laughs) night. But um, well, let me get back to where I was trying to go. And uh, you know, they they had this element on um, the uh, last comic standing a show, which in, is kind of a advanced kind of contest thing. But it's still in the vein, but on a, like you said, larger scale. And um, you know, they try to be creative, you know, with TV shows and stuff. And I think they're trying. They try to like, you know, hook people into maybe watching stand-up who's not who aren't really into stand-up comedy and i think that's the element of that show it's you know when they first started the show it was put people in a house put all the comics in a house and we're gonna make it like (laughs) it's gonna be like uh, real world meets stand-up comedy thing and like well you know it'll be comics will be funny they'll be busting on each other it'll be like living together like hey why is your underwear in my room it'll be a thing and comics will you know just be hilarious because i don't think people realize Comics aren't that funny off stage. <laughs> it's true. We're a little depressing. Either, either we're like, yeah, we're a little depressing. Yeah, it's like we're funny with when we have a chemistry with each other, right? Or history, or drugs and alcohol, or something fun right. like yes. that. But when it's just, yeah, just yeah, like day to day living, it's like it's, oh, it miserable. can be pretty depressing. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. We're not and hilarious when we go to the post office. You know no, what I mean? like, <laughs> and I've, I've had that with people where they're like, you're a comedian. You're not even funny. I'm like, it's fucking yeah. Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. You're not paying me. Yeah, That's get what I the say. fuck yeah. away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get off me, man. Yeah, I think, I, the, I think the biggest problem is misconceptions, dude. People just don't know what it is we do or how it gets done. Oh, yeah. Every jackass wants to know if I do my skits in the mirror. I mean... <laughs> Of course, I do my skits in the mirror, but. We have a lot of act outs and facial expressions, yeah. so I could see. You could be in the mirror. <laughs> oh, you could see me doing it. You have such a great, great comedy face. Oh, I don't know that's well, a, thank you. That's it, another backhanded insult. compliment, huh? You got a great comedy face. Thanks a lot. Jesus. You're perfect for podcasts. Hey, you really are. You have a face yeah. for radio, <laughs> podcast, anything not seen. It's great. So anyway, so they do the show, and I had I had a bad experience with the show, and so it was nice that you, you know, I, I do see guys like you, and I do mean this in a real way, because I know a lot of people talk about, you know, other comics and rooting for other comics, and I do root for certain people. I root for guys that didn't have it easy, you know? <laughs> I root for guys that had to fight their way through life, you know? 
and uh, had guys that just seen a lot of shit they shouldn't have seen by age nine. Like, I root for those guys because I get it. I went through a lot of shit. I've seen a lot of crazy shit. So yeah. a guy like you is like, I, I appreciate well, it. You. you know, you, a guy like you catching a break once in a while. I'm not going to be like, fuck that guy. Like, I'm not. I'm really not. Even if I don't like you, I respect you. And well, it's, you. I do like you, but it's like, you know, it's just one of those things. And um, yeah, it, it just your name alone, Joey Gay. I mean, I feel like you're like uh, you know, boy named Sue in the Johnny Cash song. Like you, you <laughs> like you've lived that life. I have. <laughs> I, I would say so. Yeah. And uh, yeah, people don't resent it when I do well because uh, you know I'm not the heir to the Estee Lauder fortune. Uh, <laughs> come from very humble beginnings. Yeah. Uh, and, and I have seen a lot of shit before nine. Uh, yeah, but I, I used to think that was what you needed to be a good comic. But there's all these Sometimes, normal motherfuckers yeah. writing good comedy. It, it's annoying. Well, Seinfeld didn't suffer, you know? No, yeah. I don't believe he did. <laughs> I don't think Paul Reiser suffered. You know? No. <laughs> Ray Romano. You... I don't think they suffered. Hey, all right, you've gone too far now. Oh. <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about Ray Romano, though. I think Ray Romano did suffer. I heard good stories about him through the pips. to his life? Okay. Through the pips people, I heard okay. stories about him. And nothing but in what stuff. sense i'm curious just like upbringing well, uh no that he was a, an everyday very humble hard-working guy who was good to everybody around him and okay. that really was the key that he was one of these guys that his work was good he was a great guy and he never really like and he was also uh a a humble craftsman as well like they used yeah. to have to tell him you know ray you're a lot better than these guys i i, I think that he was nicer than he had to be for a long time well that's yeah that's another area of you know or another group of comedians you know just like hardworking and humble and all that but joe rocha yeah. god rest his soul that's what i think of yeah. when you say humble hardworking comedians I, sure joe rocha it breaks my heart he 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 never really had that moment in the sun there are so yeah. many good worthy mm. comics in this city alone in this, in this room yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit. Yeah. yeah, I wish good things on so many more people. Uh, like, more yeah. so than I think the average comic. I think that part of being a comic is you have to believe in you more than anybody else. You got sure, to, right? Sure. But there's also a component for me where I kind of feel like I'm part of the weirdest fraternity on earth. And I, I root for people. I, I root for people that you wouldn't imagine I do. Yeah, no, I, I see that. And I... And I feel like, um, yeah, I mean, I can use you as a verb even, you know, it's the, you know, Joey Gay, the situation. And, uh, you know, especially when I saw what I've been trying to get to was, uh, you know, when they, because uh, funny, because I did, I had to go through the same thing. And it, it was a little smaller scale, but closer to the scale that you did than this contest I did this weekend. I did, um, I did a thing on Howard Stern. Um, they had a, uh, it was a, uh, kill or be killed situation and it was a like a show that they used to do i don't even remember it with the stand-up comics and they would have these shoot it at caroline's they put it on it was on howard demand it was on the radio they, they put the audio oh, cool. on the radio and what they did was they would uh you'd have comics go up and um you would do like a little bit of our act 
and then and then they would do these these certain little things in between, and they did one of the things they did, and I still haven't gotten over it. It, it really scarred me. And um, they had they did a heckling round, and uh, they Shuli was uh, you know heckling me and saying these things to me, and like I was just like, and, and I literally it was in the morning, it was like eleven o'clock, and I just literally like I, it broke me, like I just couldn't do it. And then I basically was like, this isn't stand up comedy. I was like, the fuck, you can't do this. You're bastardizing our art form. You're telling people that it's okay to just interrupt something that they work very hard trying to like get, a, and it was basically. Basically, uh, just deal with it. And um, basically, trying to you know ruin this whole thing. And then it's just like, and then when I saw that moment you had on Last Comic Standing, where they wanted you guys to all heckle each other, and then you made a stand where you weren't going to do that. Yeah. And I think it was one of those. You know, I feel very few people, um, you know, keep this thing pure. You know, people like to kind of like, you know, to, to make some wacky thing they're going to do like this. I keep talking about this Drew Michael special where this guy gets on stage. It has no, has no audience and he calls it a stand special and HBO gives him a check. And I'm like, what the fuck? So it's like, you know, it's like all I ask is have an audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> you can put a cape on. You can fucking. I don't give a fuck what you do. Just have an audience, man. You can fucking. I give a shit. You can just fair enough. You can just eat chips. You can just eat chips. I don't care. Right. What, what does it matter? But it's just like, you know, just just have, you know, have the decency to, you know, have an audience. So anyway, I, I just thought that was a, a, a great moment, you know, for us comics in the back to see you kind of like make a stand in a situation. And it might have, it didn't hurt you, but we all know that like playing the game can help you. Yes, that is true. So it's kind of a, you know. And at the time, I have to be honest, I yeah. didn't know it. It wouldn't hurt me. I really like. Yeah. I I I was drunk on self importance because they were pointing a TV oh. camera at Preaching me. Preaching to I the was, choir, yeah. You know, and yeah. I was just confused. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people admit that, but I was just confused. I was drunk on self importance, and yeah. uh, I was like, "It's it's gonna ruin me. It's gonna yeah. fuck me up." But I won't do it. I and like, yeah. It was kind of that that thing where I was like, "I'm I won't shit on." I, I really did have this kind of lofty, noble moment where I was like, if it if it sinks me, it sinks me. And uh, I don't regret it, and I do feel good that I did it. And um, I, 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 if that's the biggest misconception, right? The Nutty F- Professor did the the remake with um, Chappelle yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, Eddie Murphy did yeah. more damage to stand up comedy. In that one scene, yeah. <laughs> right where you know one guy heckles and the other guy heckles, and yeah, everybody's yeah, having yeah. a great time. Yeah, 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 that's what I think people who are ill-informed about comedy think that it's okay to interrupt as long as it goes well, and yeah, everybody yeah. is out of their mind. They think they're funny. Everybody thinks they're funny. Yeah. We can't all be right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we. I talked to. Uh, Brian McFadden, uh, Brian Scott McFadden last week, and it was basically, he had some great things to say about that, where it's like, like nobody thinks that they can hit a home run, nobody thinks they can paint a Mona Lisa, nobody thinks they can play a Mozart, but everybody thinks they can be funny. Correct. Like, <laughs> yes, and everybody thinks <laughs> yeah. they're good in bed as well. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> that <too>. Boy. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. Those two things. Right. Sex and stand-up comedy. Right. Apparently. And once again. Yeah. Two things that everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> if we were all good at that, would anybody be working? Exactly. Would, would, would fucking break down society if we were all as good as, in bed and as funny as we thought. But it, but it is funny. It's like, you know, I've had a lot of those moments where I feel like, you know, I had to be the freedom fighter in comedy, you know. I feel like I've had to kind of like, you know, stand up to the club owner that like mistreated people or I had to motherfuck the, you know, the guys that, you know, were kind of like just, you know, not taking care of people the way they should and things. And, and it's hurt me, you know, along Same. the way. Same. I was just you know? about to say that I, I spent along a great deal of time scrapping. Right, yeah. standing on ceremony, yeah. telling people they weren't going to treat me like yeah. a jerk, yeah. and then they treated me like a jerk for years. <laughs> <laughs> After that, because I stood up for myself, yeah. and I do less of it now. But I also see that, um, like, uh, <laughs> I think I've I've had all the arguments I need to. People yeah. kind of know who I am, and yeah. uh, but uh, it's it's a maddening process. No matter how you go about it, or where you are, what city, what type of comic you are, right? You yeah. just it, it, you're in for lumps. You're in for unreasonable situations. Yeah. You're in for people looking you in the eye and lying to you about oh, yeah. you doing good work for them in yeah. good faith. Yeah, absolutely. having said all of that, and this is true. This is the nicest thing I can ever say about this consciousness I'm experiencing. Having said all that, I feel so lucky. That what I do is talk into a microphone and I'm able to do this shit and live indoors. I am the luckiest fucking oh, yeah. jackass on the planet. Sure. And all of that being said, uh, you know, th this is not a sane pursuit. Yeah, it's not. It's like anybody with the right mind would not do this. And I don't think you like this is not something that, you know, I feel like we, you know, we don't choose like I don't even know how I ended up doing stand-up comedy. This is the most ridiculous thing. The most shy, introverted, can barely have a social conversation with people, even now. I I feel like I, I, I just I don't like crowds. Um I don't I don't like, you know, confrontation. I, I you know, right. I, I, I feel like I've always like been completely different than anybody around me. I'm never like, oh, you're like me, ever. I don't think I've ever said that. Like, I feel like I have this thing, but then somehow I wind up in a basement with a microphone right. in front of strangers, not after not doing whatever it took. I left really, I know you did too, left really like good opportunities and lucrative situations that would have probably been a lot better for me financially and probably just mentally and whatever. That's the most ridiculous thing to ever probably actually do. Probably in every measurable Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Same here. Yeah. I, you're looking at a guy who sold the topless bar to do this. I'm the dumbest fuck you'll ever meet in your life. Do you know what guys do when they get off stage? You're like, hey, I'm going to try and pick up that pretty girl with the tits. I was running a bar where 60 worked every night. I was their boss. And I was like, I'm, all right, I know. I'll be a comedian. Fucking moron that I am. Uh, but again, it is a calling. I can't help myself yeah. if I could. I remember at one point, like, there's all these... Uh, there's another thing if you're going to be a comic. There are times where, like, my family, I just hurt them because I couldn't stop this. It's a fucking drug habit, right? Oh, yeah. And I remember my mother talking to me very sensibly, and, I, like, I lost my patience and said, don't you think if I could walk away, I would have? And it was the last time we ever... She ever, like, tried to be like, yeah, but... 
you could also, it was the last fucking time that she saw, I guess she just saw finally that like, there's a lot of hokey, high-minded horseshit people say. It's a calling. It's, it's, it is. Yeah. But it's a calling for the biggest fucking misfits on the planet. Right? It's not the fire department. Yeah. It's not the people running into a burning building. It's fucking, it's that guy. Like, whatever town you're in, people are like, hey, it's that guy. It's a fucking collection of them. It's like Christmas and Thanksgiving for only weird uncles every day of the year. We're definitely all weird uncles. Yes. Very few of us. Yeah, I never like when the comic have when a comic has a kid. I'm like, ah, oh. I, I'm always like, yeah, you're not really part of this anymore. Like, yeah, you, I mean, you're successful and, and you're whatever. But, true. but I, thank you because I feel like once you have a kid, you're like, all right, you're still successful and you're still you know a great comic. And there's so many great comics that have kids. Obviously, that's not my point. The point is like what you just said, man. This is like a very small group of people that we don't want to grow up. You know, we don't want to be like our, our family members we saw where they're just miserable when they're 50. Like, we don't want to be that. No. We chose this this unpredictable, <laughs> fucking grimy, punk rock life. And it's like once you start doing responsible stuff, I don't really connect to you anymore. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck you are, man. Like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> I wish I didn't relate to this so much. I wish I was like, boy, Dustin's really, is he okay? I'm kind of worried about him. I feel the exact same. Yeah. Like, you know, I call you at 11 o'clock, you tell me the baby's sleeping? Yeah, he's a baby. We have comedy to do. He's supposed to be sleeping. Yeah. Do you know what time it is? Obviously not. Yeah, I mean, man. I don't need to keep yeah. track of Marriage and kids and all that. I'm just like, I just don't know. You know, it's just The only it's thing weird, more man. detrimental to a comedy career than having a child is marrying another comic. Mm. Mm. Well, yes and no. Obviously, I mean, I've been with my girl, you know, a long time. She's a good comic and everything. But I think we really work on it. And I'm serious. We, I mean, 12 years, we obviously doing something right. So I think what it is, here's the key to marrying a comic, or at least being with a com- living with a comic for over 10 years. I was breaking your balls. No. Nobody laughed. We- Nobody. <laughs> no, I agree, for the most part. <laughs> I do. I don't. I think that if I you agree marry the- another comic, it's fine. You know oh, what? if I had married the one before, it would not have been fine. Oh, no, yeah. no, I'm not talking about... <laughs> no, and you could not be more right about that. But no, what I mean is yeah. marrying a comic is fine. I was yeah. breaking your balls. Marrying a comic no, is you fine. Should. Because she, she gets up yeah. in the morning, he, whatever... Yeah. Let's not make it about the plumbing. You both get up in the morning and you're part of this weird fucking thing yeah. that you can't escape. That's fine. Yeah. Even no. if you marry another comic, I think that may be the exception to having a baby. Because really, sure. all you're having at that point is a host. <laughs> and just don't. And Somebody's got to figure out well, who the middler is. Well, just don't be the comic couple that brings the baby to the comedy club. Just don't be that fucking. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so many people I like that that have done that. I'm trying not to shit on. It's like really a dirty comedy club. That's not where a kid belongs. But anyway, I'm not, I'm not here to judge. Maybe I am. But the well, thing is, the thing is, said a whole bunch well, of fucked up things before this that seem absolutely. Judgmental. Oh, are you kidding me? Come on, that's the show, bro. Come on, totally next level. That's what we do. Um, but here's the, the thing: is is like I just do, I do want to. I know you were fucking around, but I do agree with you. Most most comics can't somehow get together. And I do want to just do a little disclaimer on Leah and I. We're really good at like first of all, we stop working together. Like we stop. That's good. Like we stop kind of like 
you know, like the, the certain people, like Bonnie and Voss, and like they've figured out a way to kind of get away with it and do it, and it's funny, and they have this like, I hate you, you hate me, ha, we're married, fuck you, you know, they have this thing that works, but it's like Lee and I sometimes we have a privacy thing that we just want to keep it, kind of like keep that that part of our lives away from everybody. That's fair. And then and then just keep the and with the stand up stuff, it's like, you know, let her do her own thing, you know, let her headline, let her be a part of whatever, and not. Make it be in my shadow because she was a younger comic and I started whatever. So it's, I feel like we've really worked on that. And it, you know, you got and you have to because I see a lot of st- comedy couples and it's like they're competing against each other. They get it, fucking weird and it, it's, it's it got it's, weird. It, the times that yeah. I have dated female yeah. comics, it, it gets weird. It can, yeah. yeah. And it's because you're not having these conversations, like you know, like well, let's just you know keep it, you know, whatever. Like I don't kiss her in public, really. I don't like make it a well, weird thing around yeah. other comics. I treat like a comic. Right, you know, I treat like a comic. Well, you guys are married. I understand that's married. what happens. We're not married. You know that, right? I'm, no, I didn't. I thought you guys were. No, probably. we're not married. Oh, okay. We've never been married. I see. You would have been invited. Come on, we're not. Oh, married. Well, that's very thoughtful. <laughs> but uh, I would. I used to wear. I wear a ring sometimes, but um, that's just we just you know we've okay. been. To, yeah, we're not married. That's why. That's why I didn't give you love on that joke. We because I didn't I understand you guys it. Were I didn't. Married. No, okay. no, no, no. Uh, just so you know, that's the only reason that joke didn't work. Well, get fucking married then. Because uh, it's a great joke if we're married. But yes, I was I, like, he knows we're not married, right? That's funny. No, I haven't. No, 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 no. We, we haven't done that. I mean, uh, we've talked about it, and we're technically engaged. But, you know, it's like a 10-year engagement. Like, no, you know, it's fuck. You know, it's like, you're just like, I love you. You love me. Let's get married. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. Maybe when our parents get a little older, you know, maybe we should be, you know. We might do it for them. I would only do it for them. You know, for, for like, the parents, yeah. So they have a thing because we're not going to give them a baby. So might as well give them some sort of party. Okay. But you can do that. Well, I don't understand why. Why can't we just do that anyway? Why can't we just have a love party and not have to fucking bring the government into it? You know what I mean? I, think, I don't have a problem with that. I don't want to yeah. get married. But I love the parties. Weddings are great. Right. But why can't we just have a dance party with some good food? I don't see why you can't. Yeah. But then Let's have again, a prom. Like, you know what? I'm going to do a comic prom. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I, I, comic do prom. Know, I guarantee something like fucking 50% of the comics didn't make it to prom. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> At least. Anthony? <laughs> I, I finished high school. I didn't finish college, though. Okay. Yeah. Did, you, did you, did go, you to go to prom? I went to prom, yeah. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. What was his name? <laughs> I was, once again, uh, I, was, I, was not, I was not at prom. Did I you have a, you had a prom date? I had a date. Nice. Who had just, longer hair? Uh, she did by just a little bit. Yeah? yeah? Okay. What did you, what kind of, what did you wear? I think I, I think I rented a tuxedo. <laughs> did you? Of course you did. I had a limo. Wow. Um, you did better than me. I didn't do a limo. Did you? No. Did you get late? No. What? <laughs> she put her head on my shoulder in the limo. Oh yeah. That was all you got. That was all I got. <laughs> did you go home and masturbate furiously about that? I mean, I must have. I'm sure. Know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Who doesn't? Speaking of Louis C.K. Now the thing is, <laughs> oh my goodness, I saw him on the street. You know, I've been yeah. around him for ages, right? And yeah. like I say, polite hello, and that's it. Sure. I saw him on the street. I was like, I I felt the need to be nice to him. Okay. Did he did he say hi back? He's yes, but that but you can tell he's broken. Speedily. Oh. I was did. like, hey, how are you, Louis? Like hi, and uh, I get it. Yeah. But I just I felt the need to be nice to him. I'm not even sure if I should be nice to him. I'm fucking I don't like know. people say to me, this is beautiful. Oh, this girl says to me, didn't you hear things about Louis C.K.? I go, yeah, I I did. She goes, well, what the fuck? I, was, I didn't know I was supposed to put together a posse. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? How the fuck am I supposed to intervene? I'm supposed to find Louis C.K.? Hey, word around the campfire is. 
the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it's it's fucking weird, man. Uh, Anthony saw him walking into the cellar the other night. It's like I see yeah. he's doing his third set, and uh, you know he did one did that one set everybody freaked out about. But apparently they gave him a standing ovation before he went on, you know, before he even grabbed the microphone. So they went crazy for him. And then uh, apparently the second set, you know, didn't go so well. That's and... just like a weekend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> First show Saturday, you're a genius. Yeah. Second show, uh, warm bath, sharp razor. <laughs> yeah, one, yeah, one contest show you win, the next you fucking loser. Okay, but yeah, it's, uh, um, yeah. I don't know. I've talked about this a lot, but I feel like it's it's you know it's it's just what's happening in our in our foxhole. You know, uh-huh. like one of the, one of the guys is like going through this thing, and you know, and that's I don't I don't think people understand that too. Where it's like no matter I don't care what level you're at, Bill Cosby, Louis C.K., T.J. Miller, freaking you know Brian Regan. I don't care who you are. We're still we could I could sit down with any of them. And we can all relate 100% on most things. So Correct. we're all in the same, like you were just saying before. They're they part of that, too. You know, they just got a little more successful in some areas, but they're still, you know. I mean, there is some character flaws with some of these guys, you know, ah. obviously, that they we're not. I mean, I'm not comparing myself to like the behavior of this, but... I am, but I am well, sober for a reason. I think you're about to. I think but you're I about am. to like fucking do yourself in there. You're I'm like, not. I thought you were doing both sides of an interview that ends your career. No, pff, you were dude, just like I haven't done, but my, I have my, done. My, my my career ended nine years ago. But oh, the thing is, <laughs> well, then why the fuck am I doing this podcast? You know what? It's a resurgence because you, you're <laughs> doing charity. You're doing charity. Oh, but uh, oh. you know. But the thing is, no, but. But there is a reason I'm sober, and I feel like, you know, I think it's, like, definitely one of those things where, you know, I've done some crazy shit, but I'm able to reel it in now and figure out what makes me a fucking douchebag and what makes me not as much of a douchebag. And it's like, so I've gotten rid of this area that made me a little douchey, and now, you know, I don't have as many problems. I'm I'm kind of laughing because I feel the same, like uh, I'm in better control of myself, but I think that's what happens as time goes on. Yeah, well, you said some great stuff in the beginning of this interview. You said that just one thing I really liked I didn't get to because we just kind of flow so quick, but, you know, just, um, you know, like, Saying you got it all out. I really liked how you said that, where it's just like like you fought that fight of like standing up for yourself or saying things yeah. and all that stuff. And, and I feel constantly we do need to kind of like, you know, not let people steamroll us and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, you know, pick the fight that's important to you. Totally. I, I, you know. There are so many nights where I left a comedy club, right, all wound up and all upset about something yeah. that was inconsequential because I thought I would make it re- have real importance and in some way that would translate <laughs> to, like, my work has importance. Like, fucking nuts, <laughs> right? You know? I, yeah, and, uh, absolutely. R- I ran into Rob Cantrell yesterday mm-hmm. and I was telling him something. I was saying that, like, I'm getting better at just making stuff that's imperfect, knowing it's imperfect and allowing it to go. You know, and he said to me, oh, that's good. You know, you're not precious. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, right. You know, like it's so dumb that that seems like a revelation where somebody's like, yeah, you, you don't have to be gentle with you. Snap the fuck out of it. And and that's kind of the way that I felt about it. Like uh, I, I need to be able to just make shit that's imperfect and let go of it and not go home upset because I'm fighting somebody. This the, Two things I'll tell you. There's no prize for being right in stand-up comedy. And the only argument you win in show business is the one you don't have. 
So yeah. I, I find myself sidestepping stuff that would have been, you know, uh, this is a business of weird grudges. Oh, God. One guy, you take him off stage a minute early, you don't even realize it. That guy hates you for eight fucking years. Oh, yeah. Like, the the grudges oh, yeah. in this, in are bananas. So the, the less I get involved in trying to fix some, you know, what? Yeah. There are times, though, uh, where I go into a room and there's a problem that's going to affect the show, right? Those are the things I'm really still willing to be like, hey, all right, well, if you're getting upset, that's on you. Yeah. But this is the way it has to be. Sorry. No worries. I can't do anything about it. That's all good. Um, that, yeah, that is funny, the stuff that we hold on to. Um, like, uh, it, like, I'll get completely crazy when I have a bad set. And uh, and then and it's and the guy's just doing his job, you know. He's just the MC will go back up and just do some time. I'm like, "Fuck you, man! Really, you got to do time after my set? <laughs> really, not do that bad? That you got to do your hacky ass two minutes? Like, the fuck out of here, man! I was doing fine. It's them, not me. Never's me. It's him. It's like you got to do it, and then he'll kill it and get him back. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. So <laughs> it's like. Um, I can't not let you tell a crazy comedy story. If you have some sort of road oh, story, please please share one. Tons that, of them, whoa, just tons of them. The one that you pull out, I always love oh, your. Oh, I, I I like road stories. I have a great road story. We were talking about contests okay. earlier. Yes, and I can lay this one on. I think you like this. So, uh, I was early on, really early on in stand up comedy. Mm -hmm. I'm like six months in. And I'm telling family members, I don't know what's wrong with these people. I'm going to have a sitcom in the next six months because <laughs> I'm just delusional. I like I, it, though. We, it's very yes. vision boardy. I like it. Isn't it? <laughs> but, but really, that's yeah. where all this stand-up comedy comes yeah. from. you got to be delusional. You have to Absolutely. be nuts Absolutely. in the yeah. beginning, right? And then you behave in a way that makes it true. Yeah. So I'm out of my fucking mind. I'm six months in. I suck. Q104 has a funniest comedian contest at Planet Hoboken. Okay. It's a comedy club in Hoboken, or rather a, a nightclub in Hoboken, right? And I go out there, and I go in, and the place is a fucking airplane hangar. It's huge. You know the size of Gotham in Manhattan? It's yeah. two or three of those. Oh, wow. It's just huge. And I go in, and um, it's just comics. They tell the comics to be there at like 6 o'clock. So it's just comics, and there's like 10 of us. And Mark Coppola, the cope from Q104, is hosting this, right? <laughs> now, I'm, again, I'm out of my mind at this point. Everybody's signing up, and I go up to Mark Coppola, and I go, hey, I'm very good at this. I had just, <laughs> I had just done my first Caroline Bringers show, and I knew <laughs> I was ready for the big time. So I went up to Mark Coppola and said, hey. I'm very good at this. You're going to want to save me for the end. <laughs> and he looked at me and gave me that look like, either this is going to be great or terrible, but I want to see whatever the fuck is on the other side of this. He's like, oh, all right. What's your name? All right, buddy. Like he started, he knew I was the crazy guy already. He had done this enough. So uh, the, now what happens is the next group of people who come in are a bachelorette party, yeah. which are the kiss of death for stand-up comedy at all times. Bachelorette oh. parties are no goddamn good. But <laughs> I am delusional, and I go over and I pick out the girl who's wearing the veil and her, 
her uh, maid of honor. I say, uh, oh, oh I, I'm leaving out a very important <laughs> detail. They come in, and Mark Coppola scrambles up. It's 20 good-looking women. Mark Coppola scrambles up, and he goes, hey, everybody, we're going to have some free beer on, you know, whatever beer company. And they're like, woo! And he's like, we're going to have shots. And they're like, woo! And he goes, and we're going to have some stand-up comedy. And they boo the idea. <laughs> they boo the idea of stand-up comedy. But I'm going to win them over, so I go sure. over and right. I buy them drinks and I say, listen, I have five sisters. I know how much work you put into this. It's really your day, but I hope you'll allow me That's to, nice. right? Prep, it yeah. did fucking no good. <laughs> <laughs> None. Uh, so the place starts to fill up, right? Three or four hours later, it looks like a Coors Light commercial. There's thousands of people just writhing and drinking and fingering each other they are having the time of their life nobody wants anything to do with the stand-up comedy there's not a stage there's not a, a, a light there's nothing but a microphone that they hand you in the center of the dance floor so I've been waiting and Mark Coppola took my advice and saved me for last so <laughs> they were playing that song oh what a night nice right that's a good tune yeah Get you in the mood. Everybody's jamming. <laughs> it's a good tune. They shut it off in the middle of the song. Oh, yeah. And they go, and now the comedy <laughs> of Joey Gay. <laughs> the entire room goes, ah. <laughs> but I am still winning this contest. I run. There is a giant bouncer in between me and the bar. I elbow him out of my way. I jump up on the bar and I go, Everybody in here, shut the fuck up. I own this motherfucker for the next five minutes. Oh, no. And to my surprise, they shut up. Oh, okay. I got them all. Yeah, you I do have a voice. You have it. a voice that controls people. Yeah. <laughs> they all shut up. A thousand of them. And then I launch into my s shitty six-month jokes. <laughs> Here's the real problem. I'm not a good comic at that time. I yeah. Like, hey, guys, uh, my name's Joey Gay, but it could have been worse. My mother wanted to name me Izzy. They all <laughs> give up, all of them simultaneously, except, except Why do the I bachelorette party <laughs> who begin to boo me. Oh. And I'm so new and yeah. so green, I don't acknowledge what's going on. I just reach down and I get a pitcher full of ice. And I'm holding the microphone and the ice in one hand. And I'm throwing ice at the oh bachelorette party. Oh, my God. But this I'm also incredible. just going through my bullshit jokes. I'm not acknowledging that I'm a grown man standing on a bar hurling ice into a crowd. <laughs> I don't mention why any of that is. I just keep doing like a psycho. Wow. Now, the bouncer. I'm going to use that. Is that cool? Yeah. <laughs> be my guest. The old peg in the audience with the ice as you continue your jokes routine. Love it. The bouncer has now had enough of this. He runs over and he he uses his forearm to knock my feet out from under me. Oh, no. Picks me up and uh, the crowd loves this. They <laughs> love this. I'm now on this giant man's shoulder and they all are like, yeah, they all start cheering. I started crazy. Now I've lost my mind. I start yelling shit at them. I'm like, I... 
your children and your children's children are going to star fuck me. Do you want me to sign something? Then I really lost my mind. I started telling the bouncer, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to fucking kill you. Put me down, you motherfucker, right? And he started with, all right. But then I just, I, I lost my mind. I was like trying to... F- he started being like, all right, take it easy, little fella. Like, he got to a point where he was worried about me, kind of. Yeah. And then we got outside. And it was all these big dudes, giant. And I was like, yeah, just whatever. I, I don't recall what I said, but <laughs> it wasn't kind. And it was <laughs> profanity-laced. Yeah. And I, again, told them, I'm going to be a fucking star. And they all laughed. And then I walked away, right? And I get to the train, and I realize that my knapsack with oh. my wallet and oh. my joke book oh, is no. back in there, right? Oh, no. So the bouncers had just had that discussion about where it's the little guys who come back and shoot the place up. Because <laughs> when I came around the corner, they scattered. <laughs> 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 and I was, like, showing my palms from across. Hey! No! Oh! Right? And they're, now they're laughing, but they're pissed. Yeah. Because I'm back. And I'm like, yo, I left my knapsack. They just laugh in my face. And I'm like, all right, well, I ain't leaving. So like 45 minutes just standing there staring at them and they're ignoring me. And it goes from like them laughing to being mad to laughing again to threatening me. And I'm like, all right, but I'm not leaving. And here's the crazy part. It wasn't like I was like, I got to get my wallet. My driver's license is in it. It was the, the joke book. The six months, you know, my mother almost named me Izzy. I thought that was going to be the Smithsonian. <laughs> so finally the guy says, all right, uh, I'll bring you in, but will you take your knapsack and leave? I was like, will I? <laughs> so I go in with him, right? No ice. Yeah. <laughs> but now the guy... They wreck the crowd recognizes me, right? Oh god. And an arm comes out and then another arm from the other side and now they're trying to get me. Oh god. And uh, the guy uh wraps his arms around me and runs me to the corner of the room. I get my knapsack and he picks me up and puts me on his shoulder and throws <laughs> me out a second time and they cheered like crazy and the second time out I just accepted it. Yeah. I decided wow. not to to you know spit and curse <laughs> this time on my way out and uh yeah so planet hoboken that's wow. that story guys wow, yeah. that's that's what i think yeah. about comedy that's contest. what i'm talking about comedy con- way to way to just put that full circle you're such a pro that was you're beautiful that was beautiful the way that happened um yeah that's that's so funny it's it is funny when you like stop the fun and then try to put stand-up comedy in there. Yeah. <laughs> like people people always do that and it's just like you know it just it never works out no like you stop the dancing and stuff like that it's like i did a gig like that where it was like a new year's eve and it was like six months into comedy myself it was one of those six months yeah about six months i took a comedy class Whoa. at the at the new school I it see. was a comedy writing class and then one of my uh, partners or one of the people in the class um Thought it was funny standing in front of a desk telling jokes in front of the other students. <laughs> Thought I was a riot. <laughs> so books me on a New Year's Eve gig in wow. the Poconos. Six months in. That's amazing. Yeah, pretty amazing. To the point where I called my mom and sh- and and her and my stepdad. No way. Went to the Poconos. Went to the Poconos to see this six months in. Uh, oh, stand-up comedy gig um, in front of a all-Polish crowd. <laughs> and I didn't even have the conservative 
leaning cowboy look. I had Eddie Vedder hair, long as yours, with a <laughs> oh, fucking wow. goatee. My, I also wore a tuxedo, but it was not my prom night. But I had a ruffle <laughs> shirt with it halfway unbuttoned, and nice. uh, I walked in like, yeah, Jim Morrison after a bender, and uh, and I had my parents with me, right? And, <laughs> of course. <laughs> And same kind of thing. They were playing the music. Everybody's dancing. It's New Year's Eve. Right. And then they stopped the music. And they literally, like, some people were, like, standing on the dance floor confused that they would stop the music in the middle of New Year's Eve. And it was one of those things. They were like, we got a comic right now. It's stand-up comedy time. Dead silence. No, no, No clapping. Nothing. Just like, what? And everybody's confused. And here's the worst part. Not only did I have uh, no material at all. Um, I may have had maybe one joke. I I might have talked this about before on the on the podcast, but I don't care. It's too, too good of a story not to tell. I had borrowed jokes from other comics, I see. and well. so you know, Brad Trackman gave me a couple of jokes. Some other guys gave me jokes. So so I was doing this on rented jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of like, hey, I'll give you 10 bucks, there's 50 bucks, there's some weed, whatever. Right. Whatever the transaction was to borrow the material. And so I get off, and it was and it was the most horrible set, dead silence, and none of the jokes that worked. And I couldn't, because they're not my jokes, half of them, so I couldn't remember them, so I said them wrong. Just horrific, right? And then and then they wouldn't pay me. It was a whole thing. But it's like, but yeah, it's amazing. The, the, the like you said, you know, the delusional thing, sometimes it has an after effect. I wish yeah. I had that type of enthusiasm and belief in myself now. That, oh, you know? Oh, like yeah. I, absolutely. I was wearing a cape under my suit. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is awesome. Um, so great to see you, Joey. It's like, Yo, it's, my it's, pleasure. you know, you're such a gem in this business of, so of just rotten coal. And we're so glad you're still doing this stand up comedy thing. And uh, oh. do you like plug anything? Or yes. What do you got? I, what do you got? I have a new podcast myself. Hey, called, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Excuse Me Crazy. And uh, go to my Instagram at Super Joey Gay. And there's a link in the bio. Uh, and I, I don't think I've told that story yet, the uh, Planet Hoboken oh, story, but there's fantastic. a bunch of stories up there from just living a crazy life. And uh, thank you so much for having me, yeah, Dustin. Thank you. And uh, Anthony, would you like to plug anything? What do you got? Uh, my, uh, all of my social media is at uh, Anthony Kapfer, K-A-P-F-E-R, and I have a book called Book the Book. <laughs> uh, you can buy it uh, on Amazon or anthonycapfer.com. We have the book. Buy book the book. The it's guy. really funny, and uh, he needs your money. I need so, it bad. Yeah, give it to him. Give him the money, guys. It's a funny book. Thank you. You're a great producer. Appreciate you, Anthony, for you. holding the show together. <laughs> uh, you can catch me, Dustin Chavin, at Dustin Chavin on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us. We really need your Twitter love, uh, at Leave You With This. You'll figure out how to spell it. Um, you can also go to our Facebook page. Um, it's uh, also if you're thinking about doing this horrific um, career of stand-up comedy, that is also the most rewarding thing you'll ever do. Um, I do coaching, so find me on uh, comedy coaching um, on Facebook as well, and I will run you through the ringer, and we'll make a comic out of you or your money back. And uh, thank you for listening to. I'll leave you with this. I'm Dustin Chafin. Goodbye. <laughs>